Good evening, everyone. So I'm calling the regular town council meeting of Monday, September 26th to order at 5 p.m. We have the agenda in front of us. And um, uh, CAO Bell, I understand we've got a couple of additions. Do you want to read them or should I? I had them up and I inadvertently must have closed them off, Your Worship. We do have two. Give me one second. That was all organized and something went awry. We have an addition under new business for a Ukrainian um, dinner and a second item. Right. They, under information items? Information items, sorry, not new business. And a second information item from the Peace Regional Healthcare Retention and Attraction <coughs> Committee Rhapsody Award Celebration. Thank you. Are there any deletions? None, Your Worship. Great. So, would uh, someone please move that Council accept the, this agenda with the additions as noted? Councilor Good, thank you. All those in favor? Aye. Thank you. It is carried. Okay, we have the minutes of the September 12th regular meeting in front of us, so you've had a chance to review those. Has anyone um, found anything that needed to be edited? If not, someone could perhaps move uh, their acceptance. Thank you, Councillor Ford. Moves that Council accept the minutes of the September 12th regular Council meeting as presented. All those in favor? Aye. Great. It is carried. Um, CAO Bell, do we have any public hearings? None, Your Worship. Thank you. Okay, then we have um, under public or presentations, rather, um, Mr. Larry Scobie. Uh, if you just want to come forward and organize yourself there. Um, the title is Utility Bill Revisions and the Impact on Our Economy. And to use the microphone, you just press the button, let it turn red, and just leave it on. Yep, you're good to go. Uh, quite a few of you here know me. Uh, Larry Scobie, I've been here since uh, we moved here in 1966. So as J.K. Simmons says in his commercial for farmers, we've seen a thing or two. And uh, to start off, uh, mainly it's uh, this water bill increase. I'll start with the commercial end of it because that's where we are over on the west side of the river in Bridgeview Industrial Park. We're listed as small commercial. Uh, we have a three-quarter inch uh, water line there, so that's exactly the same size as residential. And we are using uh, basically from zero, our highest bill has been uh, seven cubes. And that was from some spring cleaning that uh, we have a renter in one bay of our shop there. And this bill here, we're not using the other two bays, so you know it's hardly any water use, and we're going up to $150 a month. And uh, the paperwork that I've been able to bring from the Peace River website, it shows 2022 for $148. So it's it's unclear to me whether that's for six months till the end of 22, and then going up to 284 for all of 2023. Uh, you 
that's that's uh, over a doubled increase on that, and it works out to close to $3,415 for the year of 2023. And uh, right now, if it has, if the rates had stayed the same for the same property of in 2022, would have been $270. So 270 up to 34.15, and I basically am not here for six months of the winter. So our renter is using this. So for 2023, I'm going to lose my renter trying to pass on a bill for $3,400 for just the water meter. He hasn't even started using any water yet. And then these other rates from that sheet that I found on the website uh, it's from the 20 capital budget fourth uh, or 7th of April and it shows the water being at uh, 316 a cube and uh, we're at 531 and this sheet shows it going down to a dollar a cube and question is from anywhere how did the water get so much better in the next year that you could, you know, charge so much less, a third of the price for the same water. So, you know, the, the numbers, especially on this piece of paper I have from page 14 of the 2022 capital budget of April 7th, you know, it's just the numbers roll around. They try and show the totals are, the, are going down, but it's smoke and mirrors with the variable rate of the water. So just to have the privilege of the meter, you know, it doesn't sit well with any of the business people, uh, especially a good friend, Art Susi. There was not a thing in the water bill whatsoever on the large commercial, and he got whapped with a, the 700 $57 bill right off the bat and he just about went through the roof. The reason was he, when he built the building, put in a two-inch two service for for future if he sells the building at having that extra uh, water capacity would be a real selling feature. It's very similar to me when we put up our new building in uh, Bridgeview According to the TELUS plan, we were the very first people to get fiber over there, an extension off of Finning. And it never happened. And there I am still stuck with uh, the lowest DSL that you can ever imagine. And I'm trying to, was trying to run a computer business with this pokey DSL line. And TELUS gives me the song and dance that they can run it across the street for $90,000. There's no business around here that can handle $90,000 for the fire. So, you know, we're getting all these wild and crazy numbers and it's just, uh, I don't know how anybody's gonna be able to handle it, especially in the commercial end. You know, the acreage and all that, you know, you don't have as many residentials to, to draw from, but still, from the numbers, I, I established via the $29 utility rate 
or the $29 for waste management out there uh, boils down to 2,143 customers that you're adding the $29 to. So if you extrapolate that all out to make numbers work, this residential bill will put almost $1.4 million back in the coffers, but there's been no paperwork or anything to show where the $1.4 million is on the other side of the tax revenue that you save from the uh, uh, municipal budget. Uh, page 7 out of 11, it shows here also important to note is that the fixed utility charge in the new bills are costs that users are already paying in their property tax. So take money from one pocket and stick it in the other and you're not accounting for the leftovers over on the left side. And then it says this reallocation of this cost to the water bill is done in the interest of transparency. Now transparency in politics just sends normal people right off the deep end. It just it's the worst word to ever use, transparency. Call a spade a spade, and that's all there is to it. And then uh, before that, in your municipal budget, someone wrote, this is an ineffective method for securing the necessary funds. That is the old way of doing it. The consumer penalized for water use what do you mean penalized for water use? Who would write something like that? It's We all come, or us older folks, all come from a user pay world. So if you use seven cubes of water, you pay for seven cubes of water. If you use 200, you pay for 200. In all of this, and going back to the commercial end, not one thing is here on what the uh, loading pad rate is for the uh, water trucks down by the old Fountain Tower building. So they're using pumps and infrastructure. And what do they pay? There's no word anywhere I could find on what they were going to be charged for loading fees. Not anywhere. So, and then. Uh, I just looked around at a few others. Uh, Grand Prairie, I mean, of course, it's not comparable to our size, but Grand Prairie on the commercial side is 191 a cube, and a three-quarter main is 21.14 a month. So commercial to commercial is an easy comparison. I don't know what their tax base is or tax rate or anything for commercial. I didn't get that far, but I was just, this is a water thing, not a full, uh, uh, property tax assessment type thing. And then the a regular mail out that went in the water bills, they were uh, arithmetic mistakes in it. It's out by three cents. so. That's just another point. 
Lake to make. And then another uh, utility changes for 2022 I found on the uh, Peace River website from April and now it's gone. I can't find it and I didn't make any notes on what page it was or the URL or anything from the web. And anyway, it's impossible to find. I spent two or three hours looking for it. Can't find it no more. Uh, Jim or McCart or Mr. Websdale might have a copy of it still somewhere. And then I found the uh, the strategic plan for 22 to 25 years up and the goals. Foster attractive retirement opportunities in our community. Well, at these water rates, you're chasing people out of town instead of attracting them. Explore incentive options for business to locate in Peace River. $757 a month for water without any usage will detract business not a tract. Explore options to maintain businesses in our, in our community. Well, those fees, once again, is just gonna chase business away. So, and then uh, the fifth one there is work with partners to determine the types of service and amenities that would be attractive to business. I never got a call. Art Susie never got a call. Peace Valley Inns never got a call. Nobody got a call about any of this coming up. It just got thrown in the mail, and that's the old like it or lump it. And most folks these days just cannot afford it. Then down at the bottom of the strategic is implement how did we do survey for municipal services and permitting. Well, I haven't seen no survey. And I don't think you'd like the results if we, if you sent one out and we filled it in. So, that's about it for me. Main thing is, uh, from my point of view, it looks like you're treating this town like a country club and we're actually a club in the country. We voted you all folks in to run this town, not run us out of town. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Mr. Scobie. Um, Councillors, do you have comments, questions at this point? Not at this point, I don't, but um, I, would, I would appreciate it in, in, if it would be possible. I tried to make some notes here of what you were saying and sort of to get the questions you were asking or the kind of the derivative questions you were asking. So um, do you have any specifics that you'd like, that you'd like answered, specific questions? Well, the main one is this has to be, this water 
Billington has to be reworked because a bunch of those industrial folks are not going to pay that bill. The amount of revenue they have to generate to cover that bill next year, like Peace Valley Inns, for instance, they've got three or three and a half mains or something, and uh, for 2023, when you multiply it out, they've got to come up with $83,000. And that's before usage. Now, how many bloody rooms do they have to fill to have a net of $83,000, like at 10%? That's almost a million, that's $800,000 of revenue that they have to generate to cover just the water meter, let alone any water they use. So it's, it's for them, it's, it's out of sight. The residential, you know, we can we can live with it, but doubling it next year, like I just need an answer whether this is this first one, 2022 is six month, and then as soon as 2023 hits it, it doubles again. Um, it's just not clear from this piece of paper. Yes, so I think the initial rate was for um, phase in of the first year and then the second level was to come in in year two um, mr it can it been clarified that at that point in time july yeah. The six months that was definitely referring to the $29 for the extra waste um, cost, but the other aspect of that total bill, I'm just getting an answer here. Yes, uh, your worship. So the intent was there for the first year. Uh, so starting in July of 2022, that rate would be in fact, and then until the uh, first of July, 2023, is when we would adjust rates up to 2023 um, rates. Okay, thank you. So it is a two-rate um, two kind of thing. So the $29 is for six months, and then we're waste, waiting for Peace Waste Management Company to um, see if there's a, any need for another levy. We're hoping not. Um, but the water rate and wastewater and so on, that's one year and then change again as we're uh, understanding July of 2023. So six months, six months, kind of. Yeah, the $29 was crystal clear. Yeah. It's just the other one Wasn't didn't so much. know yeah. whether it was a hockey year or an actual yeah. calendar year. Yeah, so um, not a calendar year. I guess it's a hockey year sort of thing, yes. Uh, and I, I do apologize if um, some of the uh, communication wasn't um, clear enough sort of thing. I don't know, have you had a chance to, um, is this the first chance you've had to ask questions about it sort of thing, no. really? Yeah. No, I've been, I first contacted uh, Mr. McKay a couple, three weeks ago and yeah. Mr. Websdale a couple weeks ago also. And, That's um, the main reason I'm here. Mr. Yeah. Webstale coaxed me into coming and having a chin wag. 
Well, that, that's a good thing. Um, uh, sometimes uh, council is uh, looking at the the picture trying to think okay for the long-term uh, aspect of the town and this all came about because uh, we are finding that um, for water and sewer any property tax was basically subsidizing the water and sewer aspect and the hope is that this new utility rate would be putting money aside within that utility revenue so that uh, venture borrowing and things like that would go down on the water and wastewater side of any projects that we have but they're big projects they're the biggest projects that the town has sort of thing so it does require a lot of um, financing put it that way so we're hoping that the venture side and the water and sewer goes down and as a consequence there's um, not some water and sewer uh, pressure on the tax rate and that, that the two are kind of divorced from each other, but those paying for the water and sewer definitely pay for the whole thing. It's sort of like the other thing that we're getting with the utility rates from electricity. That idea is that whatever rates you're paying, the variable cost is kind of the minimal cost. It's that whole big um, capital, the physical things that cost more. And in our town, it's certainly that way, sort of thing. Exactly. But for instance, if you walked into a restaurant, Peace Valley, the, you know, Mike's, doesn't matter. If you sat down and they handed you a bill for $12 for a glass of water, what would you do? You'd get up and leave, go somewhere else. See, the thing is with us, we can't get up and leave. We have to. We have to brunt all this and you're just you're taking money out of a barrel that just doesn't have any more in it Not so it, it has to be reworked somehow especially for next year like some of us can handle this year but doubling next year like I absolutely will not pay that next year there isn't a chance in heaven that I'll pay that not over there and then not over there in the industrial area yeah, and you mentioned in your property that the the line is three quarter inches. Well, we've um, got yeah we uh, we reused our sewer and water when we rebuilt. Okay. Yeah, so we didn't put any strain on anything over there. We didn't adjust the street, the driveway, nothing, and you, you just know, tied into existing. Don't do that, please. And the town uh, <laughs> they haven't even bothered to come and sweep the sweep the sand yet this year we did get some pothole repair so i really appreciate that but that is should have been that bill should have been picked up by acon for all the wear and tear they put on that road ripping back and forth i think acon got out of town here a little too easy for the damage they did to our streets because yeah. the the traffic circle here at the Travelers was, uh, you know, there was nothing wrong with it until Acon got here. And they just beat it to smithereens. Well, that is one of our ongoing challenges, is yes. the, that traffic circle for sure. Um, so, Mr. Scobie, um, I, I guess uh, what I would um, 
ask admin um, they'll be looking at you know your questions your presentations as well and councillor goods um, question and uh, budget time is upcoming so that's the time when we get to examine utility rates well get to examine the budget and as a consequent utility rates in the future as well so I think it will be looked at again um, I'm not putting forth any promises as to which way the discussions could go knowing that we do have some infrastructure challenges that have to be paid for somehow or other and unfortunately somebody gets to pay more than they want to or seems acceptable but we will have the discussion again yes and when it comes to the sewer problem just do like Montreal dump your eight billion gallons of sewage in the river that only works works in certain areas apparently <laughs> hey Dawson City just did it their sewer plant went down while we were up there this summer and they got permission uh, so we're right in the river uh, I don't know if the ones down river from us would like that no, of concept, course they but, <laughs> but anyways so thank you for your presentation and your thoroughness and um, we'll be looking back at the uh, materials that you referenced to um, in future <coughs> clarify some of those points too just so that somebody that's not necessarily part of the discussion has a different lens in reading them and understands them. I sure hope so. Thank you very much. Well, thank, thank you, you very much. Okay, our next, our next um, item, do we have um, any bylaws to deal with? Not this evening, Your Worship. Okay, thank you. Um, unfinished business? done as well okay so we're on to new business and the first item is the um, ATCO finance or ATCO franchise fee and Mr. Webstale good evening council um, before you is our request for decision regarding the ACO Electric franchise fee for 2023. And so I've just given a little bit of background about what we're charging. I believe we're at 11.5%. Um, my comparison with a number of similar municipalities, um, some of the rates that they're utilizing. And just a uh, much implications of what a change would mean in terms of revenues to the town of Peace River. And then a little bit of a background here as to it's a different way of taxation, if you will, instead of looking just at property tax and property owners, but consumers of electricity in general. And that goes into two options that council could increase it, amount to be determined by council, or the council could retain the electric franchise fee. In theory, council could also reduce that rate. I haven't presented that option. I've presented just these two. I'll maybe draw your attention to the following page where we have a letter here from Aqua Electric. I'm just giving some of the background, some of the legalities of the process by how the franchise fee changes. And then maybe it's that second page that's the most interest to us. It's got the little graph at the top or the little table showing that we're 11.5%. We are allowed in the legislation to be up to a 20% franchise fee. 
There is one community, I believe in the province of Alberta, that has it. The rest of them tend to be at that 11% or significantly lower. We reached out to uh, Carol Broderib and we just had some listings of it. And most of them are less than that. This, the three columns at the right to that table are kind of fascinating. Distribution revenue, previous calendar years, this would be 21, about 7.5 million, showing that increasing to about 9 million for 2022. And then they got a little more conservative and said about 8.7 for 2023. This kind of builds a little on the presentation you just heard from Mr. Scobie. It's, you're seeing a transition to a fixed fee model in, in many services. So what's happening here for distribution, you're seeing it ramp up considerably. It's where many of the costs are. And people are now seeing that on the bill. And because our franchise fee is a percentage of that transmission distribution charge, we are reaping some of the benefits of the change in their model. So right spot, right time, perhaps. So we can see some of those implications there. So any questions, any feedback on this matter? So, so the other uh, franchise fee that we looked at a while ago, that was for the, the gas? Yes, it was. Okay. Your worship. Yeah. Okay. And um, so this one, if it was to increase by half a percentage, um, revenue to the town would be around 43000 45000 is what you're indicating? That's correct. Okay. Um, councillors, questions, comments on this? Councillor Shannon, do you have any uh, comments on this item? Uh, not, not right now, no. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Any others? So what are we looking at for an increase on the bill money-wise? I would suggest no increase. No, but at the, the current one, if we did increase it, so say half a percent, what are we looking at? Is there an option to decrease it? Conceivably, we, we could. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. We have conditioned the expectations that our public is familiar with the 11%. There's something to be said for consistency. It's high. It's also a high cost community. And with 11% or 11.5? The, what are we, 11, 11.5? 11. 11. Mm -hmm. I have to refer to it interchangeably here. Yes, 11.5, Your Worship. So when you look at other communities across, particularly Northern Alberta, where Echo Electric would have the, the franchise rights, there's one at 20. I think the next highest is 13, that'd be Rainbow Lake, a couple 11.5, and then most others significantly lower, generally around that seven, eight, some of them at zero. There is no rhyme nor reason, truthfully. It's a little bit of what do your neighbors charge? What do we think we can charge in relationship to our neighbors? This may be some of the thought process. But my recommendation would be that we've created an expectation of that 11.5%. There is value and some consistency there, but again, there is no right or wrong answer. 
So essentially though, if we uh, were to think about decreasing this rate, um, revenue goes down and we still have operational costs for the town, which means something goes up on another place. We would most likely have to increase the property tax to make up for the shortfall. There is no free lunch. Yes, Councilor Good. Um, the one thing to keep, keep in mind about franchise fees compared to other forms of taxation in the town is that the franchise fees also affect people who don't otherwise pay taxes. So a lot of the non-tax generating revenues provide taxation to the town. Um, I'm just going to use an example. Some previous taxation generating entities have cut the amount of um, fees that they would have paid to the town over the past period of time. The franchise fees would not change. So in this case, we're going to be maintaining a revenue that would have otherwise dropped and it would have had to have been transferred onto other tax bases that pay taxes. So the, the franchise fees are one area where this, the regular tax-paying people in the town or businesses in the town get some benefit from those who don't normally pay any or pay less taxes to the town. Am I correct on that? You are, Councillor Good. Okay, so any further comments? Then would someone, oh sorry, Deputy Mayor, you have a oh, comment? I was or? gonna make a motion. Well, that would be better. Okay, right. so a motion. So I will move the recommendation of option one, um, option two rather, council retain the prevailing electric franchise fee. Okay, any further discussion? Yes. What justifies ours being up so high versus the other ones? I think Councillor Good expressed some of that. It's a desire to maybe generate some revenues on parties that maybe wouldn't otherwise contribute. Some of its history, some of its politics from many, many years ago that would predate perhaps all of us. And like I say, there really is the only guidance we have, I think coming from the province and the regulators is the 20% cap. There really isn't a rule of thumb. So if, the, if we were to have 0%, my understanding of this information is that that's equivalent to about a, a mill rate of a, a mill and a third or so? Yeah, so that's the tax implication, however. But other comments? Uh, Councillor Shannon, last chance for comment before we vote? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, thank you. Okay, any further? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Aye. Okay, thank you, it is carried. Thank you, Mr. Webstale. And I believe you're up for the next one, which is uh, the opposite issue here. Um, additional account receivable write-offs. Thank you, Your Worship. This is a, a bit of a housekeeping. We were notified by the collection agency that the town works with uh, three items that have been declared, I guess the words they use is efforts have been exhausted. 
basically that there is no more likelihood of collecting them. It's just a bit of a minor cleanup on three accounts, a total of about $454, of which they have identified as uncollectible. The recommendation that we bring forward to council is that a council would approve the write-off of $454 in uncollectible airport accounts. Okay, yes, Nolan has tried to get something out of the stone, I believe, so Amounting to the total of $453.21. I can do that. Lovely. Thank you, Councillor Shan. Any further comments? All those in favor? Oh, sorry. The, re the, the total was $454 in the recommendation. I think they rounded up. We've rounded up, Councillor, just to make it easier in the presentations. We will take wording of either and we'll run with it. Okay. So if we list them so we know where they went, and the total is 453.21. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Thank you, Councillor, or Councillors. Okay, thank you, Mr. Webstale. And next one up, I believe we have um, Mrs. Bell with the Library Board appointments. Thank you, Worship. Uh, presented to Council tonight is a um, request for decision in the issue being appointing two new board members to the library board. Just a reminder to Council, this is a board um, of Council and as set by the library board bylaw, it is a requirement of the Council, Municipal Council, to appoint board members. The library board has reviewed the applicants that they have received and provided uh, a motion of support for both of the members presented this evening, uh, Ms. Diane Lavoie and Ms. Jennifer Willocks. So the recommendation as follows is to appoint both individuals for three-year terms as members at large to the Peace River Library Board. Thank you. Um, any discussion? Somebody move forward? Okay, Councillor Boychuk. I'll move that uh, we appoint uh, Ms. Diana Boy and Jennifer Wilcox as community members to the library board option one. For a three-year term? Yep. Good. Okay, any further comments, discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Great. Okay, very nice to see. Uh, then our next item has to do with, um, this is the minutes. Métis Nation. Invitation. Sorry. Okay, the attendance at Region 6 Métis Nation of Alberta's AGM. And uh, Mrs. Bell? Thank you, Your Worship. Uh, we've received a invitation from the Métis Nation uh, Region 6 inviting the Mayor to speak and bring greetings on behalf of the Town of Peace River at their uh, annual, general, annual general meeting on October 1st at 9 a.m. out at Lac Cardinal, the Camper event. Thank you. Um, I noticed that you, I think in this one, 
you also uh, indicated it's part of our strategic plan alignment and expanding uh, relationships basically so it fits in there um, I can go if it's enabled so, so moved. <laughs> okay deputy mayor uh, Scammerhorn moves uh, that uh, the mayor be enabled to attend the AGM of the Region 6 Métis Nation of Alberta, held at Camp Artaban near La Cardinal, Alberta, on October 1, starting at 9 a.m. Okay, all those in favor of that? Aye. Great, thank you. Okay, our next item is, well, it looks like that's it for that one. Okay, so we're on reports. Okay, Mr. Webstale, variance reports. Thank you, Your Worship. This is the exciting stuff. So it's been some time since we brought a variance analysis to Council. So what this is, is looking at the first eight months of the fiscal year 2022. And some of it you'll be familiar with the, the verbiage, but maybe on that first page of the briefing note there, I just want to draw your attention to the categories that we are illustrating here tonight, uh, specifically the wages and benefits, the contracted services, i.e. things not done by your staff, but done by a third party and professional fees, uh, training and development, and all associated costs with getting people to training locations, supplies and materials, and the things that go with that, and then utilities and insurance in their entirety. So what we've commented on here is the larger things rather than every small item. And I'll maybe just share with you some of the, the broader trends that are evident as we as we go through it. Um, there was some timing issues there. The, some of the bottom of page 2479, page 103, just some tax revenue variances when stuff was remitted for the province. We got to capture there two years. There is some large one-time items. Administrative revenues so that's six hundred thousand dollars as reimbursements for the 2019 wildfires, which is a significant outlier and kind of a one-off. Um, there were some unique things in public works. We had the auctions and we sold some service equipment that generated about $98,000. That was specific to the public works department. And they've been transferred into reserves to give them some equity going forward for future capital purchases. Um, there's some timing, and you're going to hear me say that a lot about timing, just things that have not yet happened, that we are still awaiting some clarity or for paperwork to be done, or we were maybe a little optimistic in our budgeting process. We thought we would have incurred the expense or received the revenue by that point in the year, and it has not yet occurred. On the expenditure side, um, legislative variances. There's a number of small things that are seasonal in nature, such as conferences, and when we load them in a budget, I believe we put them in as an annual amount, not being as precise as perhaps I could have been. Administrative services, uh, under budget, we've had some turnover and definitely some vacancies in the IT department, and we're working to address that bit of a backlog in, in not purchasing IT equipment. Our new individuals in the role, identifying and purchasing equipment to put us in a good place for year-end. Um, small things there, the town of supplies materials, a little over budget as we're identifying some local improvement costs that were not keyed in appropriately last year in 21. 
have been put through in 22. Um, fire protection, again, timing of their expenditures. And then you'll hear me say timing quite a bit here now and from Public Works, again, some vacancies are impacting that. Um, the airport, there's been some timing of the funds that would be transferred to the airport operators. We thought we might have it all transferred at this time of the year. We've transferred approximately half of the funding and we're just discussing in detail some of the invoicing and some of the expenses pertaining to the airport. Um, downtown beautification is under budget. Again, some things have not yet happened. Signifying development. Uh, waste management is showing an unfavorable variance. We have paid the entirety of the one-time costs to the Waste Management Commission, but our collection of the revenues are about one-sixth underway as we begin the process of collecting from our citizens. Um, vacancies, we have a number of them in FCSS. It's going to put us under budget. And because we don't have the people, some of the programs that otherwise would be happening have been deferred or postponed. And so you see the supplies and materials is also less than would be expected. Um, multiplex, some timing issues. Um, this is one of those things where you see some we attribute to COVID, but just shortages of parts, uh, labor to do things like the Zamboni maintenance, which is extremely costly, seasonal in nature, and just waiting for people and materials to make it come together. Um, the pool under budget, projects that are just under, we're waiting, we're kind of in a hurry up and wait mode on some areas of that for some things to happen, and uh, projecting to be over budget do the repairs not anticipate a budget time, such as the steam room ceiling. Um, culture facilities is waiting for some projects to get underway, and we're hoping to see those take place in that October timeframe. And there's been no request for memorial benches to date, so some of those items will be under budget. Um, a big one here is the chairlift maintenance. My understanding is that we missed the maybe jointly, we and the society that would run the, the ski hill missed the window of opportunity to bring in the specialist contractors to do the, the maintenance and certification and unlikely to happen this year. Um, underwater and wastewater, we've been very fortunate, I think as Dr. McCoy describes it here, fewer than expected water breaks, repairs and anticipated. That is wonderful when that happens, it's completely unpredictable but those can be significant cost drivers and we're definitely running under budget on those areas. And then there's wastewater supplies and materials. Um, projects are in their early stages and the associated little maintenance issues that will crop up, we simply haven't incurred them yet as we have not yet done the projects. The next couple pages are the numbers broken down by the revenues by taxation, by departments and others, and then switching from their expenditure side by the, the various departments. And you can see the actual year to date, the budget year to date, and the variance, and then a comparison to the annual budget. It's a lot of numbers, a short amount of space. I happily take any questions, and I will disclose that some of my answers may be, I'll have to get back to you on that, but we still welcome the questions and we can absolutely research and give you further backup on that if that you might be 
might identify or wish to learn more about this evening. Okay, well, thank you. Um, so I note that this is as of uh, whatever we knew, August 31. So two thirds of the year sort of thing. That is my understanding. Yeah. For sure. Okay. okay um, so one question under taxation grants in lieu. Um, this refers to the, the basically the provincial um, giving us uh, some monies instead of paying full taxes for some buildings. That's that right. correct. Okay. Sure. And so um, right now it's at. 59,000 received, 172 uh, would have been the budget either to date or for the year. So are we expecting any more money in there? Is it one of those timing things or that's what we get this year? Your Worship, I'm going to sit down with the taxation department and just make sure I understand where that number is coming from before I respond to detail. But I've got a comment and I will investigate that one. So, councillors, do you have any questions on the revenue page of general operations? Yes, councillor. No, I, I don't have any. Okay, thank you. Um, in our presentation, uh, we were told that the hotels are going to be paying close to 100 grand each in water bills. Are those, are those numbers correct? Do you want to? Uh, I would have to go and look at the water history for that particular. Uh, institution, but I I would question that. But I would have to go look and actually see what the actual numbers are. Because we're not budgeting that much for that, are we? I don't believe we're budgeting for numbers like that. I think there might have been a misinterpretation of that schedule. The The reality of the water rates as proposed is that the large consumers all other things being equal, they'd be a large user, no questions. In the models brought to you by administration, they will pay less than they did in 22, all other things being equal. Mr. Scobie's presentation is interesting in that you're seeing the very small users being negatively impacted because of the fixed cost. But I think when we ran the numbers, the large users, the very large users, I should say, above average, will probably pay less. So the model is complementary to their business interests. It was the same for the residential. The larger household paid less than the minimal household. But that's probably a discussion that we need to allow administration to figure out a few details. and. It'll definitely be coming back so good question anything else on revenue another one we only have we're gonna get 5.4 million in the last three months is that what this is telling me sorry okay. revenue so if we look down on the summary we've collected 196 and we're still gonna get 5.4 million My very last line on the very so our actual to date is twenty one million eight hundred thirty five thousand, and the annual budget is twenty three million. Is that what you're looking at? I'm looking at the summary for revenue and expenses, and right now we've collected. Maybe I'm reading that wrong, or maybe we got thirty eight. Okay, I think I'm reading that wrong. We've got three point four million collected. 
So what I'm reading, the very, very last line. Um, I'm there also, this counselor, and I'm not seeing that. You're just in, no, he's in the water. Oh, he's in the water. water? That's water, wastewater. Okay, we're in the blue oh, sorry, pages. Oh, yes. Blue pages right yeah, now. My fault. That's okay. It'll come up. Okay, anything else on revenue under the general operations, which are the blue lines? How about expenses? Anybody have any questions on the expense pages, which take up uh, four pages? So if we want to look uh, into like say something we borrow money on or something along that line, could it be detailed on, we can find out how exactly that was broken down in the budget and what it was expensed out on? Um, the actual expenses will certainly be broken down. Is there a specific project in mind, Councillor, that you... Uh, just like say, for example, the fire hydrants. So if we borrow money for that, can we look at that as counselors and see where the money went and how it was just, whenever we borrow money on a project, it would just be interesting to see where all that money went. Can we put and some of that in reserves when we borrow or does it have to be designated to? The, in, the intent of that counselor is to, to spend it fully on the project that was identified. And, and to answer the broader question, yes, each project has a specific code within our accounting software that at year end we can look at the fire hydrant project and we can identify this was spent materials, this was labor, contractors, so forth. Like any project. Like any project would be, so we'd have the ability to answer that. So it, it's one of those things that if council has questions, just let us know and we can absolutely drill into details on any specific project. The magic of software and uh, training and expertise probably. Um, I have a question on police protection, wages and benefits. Um, so there's a, 152,000, I guess, has been expended thus far. Would this be on the admin staff that are really town staff that work for the police? Okay, so because there's always seems to be questions about, okay, town, do you spend uh, 1.6 on uh, policing? Do you spend two point something on policing? So I'm, I'm seeing better where the 2.26 would come from now. So that includes the 2 million for contracted services, the officers, and I guess gilding, et cetera, and the 233, which is the staff that are really town staff that work at RCMP, sort of. Okay, so and the final 13,005 is victim services contribution okay. per capita. Okay, good to know. Okay, so budget-wise, policing this year, 2.26, and of that, I think I signed a check or two today about this, Expended 1.29. So, and they're on a um, provincial budget year, not a calendar year, or something, right? Kind of? Very kind of interesting. They're a federal entity, yeah. so March 31st, so they're always a little out of sync with us, yeah. but the budget numbers should be close. Okay, so any further questions on the, the blue pages for the general expenditures? So as Councillor Boychuk was noticing, the summary on page 31, um, we're kind of on track. Cross your fingers, hope nothing else of major unexpectedness happens. Okay, on the water and wastewater, uh, any comments here? And realizing this is two-thirds through the year, and at most it would have included um, one month of the new fees, at most. 
would have, because we would have billed that August 15th. So partly depending on people pay, depending yes. on people. Whether so they paid or not, yeah. Whether they paid or not. So you'll see that the revenues were a little bit less than we anticipate to be. I think some of simply the timing as we anticipate increased revenues the last six months of the year. Yeah. So you're seeing a little bit of a shift there. And they were a little under, obviously, on the expense side. Okay, so counselors, <coughs> Councillor Shannon, any questions on this variance report? Uh, no, 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 not this one. Okay. Okay, counselors here, any questions? Okay. Um, any further comments from admin on it? Okay, thank you. I'm just looking at my notes here. Okay, so would a counselor be prepared to put forth a motion to accept the operational operating variance report as of August 31st for information? Councillor Good does. So all those in favor? Aye. Great, thank you. It is carried. Okay, our next item would be um, Mrs. Bell, and I think this is um, Community Services Board Minutes and Museum Board Minutes. Thank you, Your Worship. Uh, providing Council a bit of an update on the Community Services Board and the Museum Board. Um, you're seeing minutes from the last Community Services Board meeting that with approved minutes. We had a meeting in August, uh, but those minutes aren't approved yet, so you'll see them at a future meeting. Um, we had a gap in meeting dates as we were moving into our heavy planning period for the 55 plus games um, and staff were heavily engaged in that process so we deferred uh, two of the meetings, the May meeting and the June meeting. Uh, we were all sort of napping post games um, in the June month. It was a very busy time for us. However, uh, the board has been actively engaged in our August meeting. We've discussed council's strategic plan and we are looking at um, some brainstorming for our next meeting on initiatives to achieve those strategic goals of council. The museum board's a slightly different situation. Um, community services board is full. We have one position we are still actively recruiting for. Museum board has three vacant positions out of a seven member board. Uh, we actually, a number of years ago, reduced the membership on that board to attempt to increase our um, success of achieving quorum. And alas, it has not been quite the result we were looking for, and we are struggling to fill these board member at large positions. Uh, we are going to be meeting early November with whomever is left out of the membership to discuss uh, further options uh, for that board. Uh, we are also discussing with the Community Services Board at our meeting this Wednesday of a potential option of maybe one of the options being merging of the boards to get some feedback and um, input from the Community Services Board. So I wanted to make council aware of this. Uh, we'll bring back further options ultimately for council's decision of what this might look like for these options in the future, but we're collecting, a, we're consulting and collecting feedback from our existing boards to see uh, what maybe some of those options could be. 
and if they would work. Sounds like a good plan, especially if it's hard to get people like coming forward for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, you can look at some other options probably. Yes. Any questions of Mrs. Bell with respect to these? Okay, then, um, well, maybe we can have a motion then to accept the Community Services Board and Museum briefing note along with the April 27, 2022 Community Services Board meeting minutes for information. Thank you, Councillor Ford. All those in favor? Aye. Great. Okay, uh, the third um, set of reports are verbal reports from the Alberta Municipalities 2022 Conference. So in attendance uh, were um, Councillor Carr, Councillor Good, Deputy Mayor Scamahorn, and myself, as well as um, Kayla Parsons. So I suggest in this part that um, those in attendance uh, pick something and tell us what you learned or what it was about. I can start. I'll start. So. One of the um, most interesting ones, I, uh, well, two of them. Um, I went to Wastewater Innovation in Alberta and uh, found out a little bit more about Sundry and a little bit more about um, Clearwater County Lagoon upgrades. And they seem to be in a different set of circumstances than Peace River with uh, technology and um, processes that maybe don't work. The, here. The Sundry one, um, it's a process that they got a lot of money to do, um, but they're at 2,400 people right now, and they can expand this add-on to it for 4,400 people. So I'm not sure Peace River fits in there. Clearwater County, they seem to have a um, large section of lagoons, which were somehow covered with mulch and they kept referring to um, subsurface um, treatment of wetland. So I'm not sure that fits us. The other one that uh, I thought I'd comment on is um, one that uh, Wetaskiwin used and also Lloyd Minister used, and this was a way of managing the projects and the money that was uh, needed for them. And they called this integrated project delivery. So what I got out of it was they sat down with the town, um, the contractor, and the design people. And as time went on through the con through the term of the project, uh, these three kept making adjustments. They said they had no. Um, uh, extra charges uh, in change orders, which impressed me a lot. So if that's truly true, I think it would be something that maybe I would suggest in future, or I'll find out more, but maybe admin would look at that way of doing things. So I wasn't quite clear what the difference is between the way we tender stuff and have it go forth, because there's lots of conversations, but the impressive part was they stayed on budget. They had 81 million um, assigned to this project, and if it went over, uh, they first of all backtracked and tried to deal with it. It came in on budget, which was impressive, and um, they made adjustments and they said they didn't have change orders. So I don't know how they did it, but okay to them. That's what I'm reporting. I'll talk about the trade show. Um, so just in knowing some of the projects that are coming up, uh, Mr. Good and I circled around the trade show and just grabbed 
information that we will forward on to admin from various vendors that may be an advantage to us. So for example, the resurfacing of the backside of the splash park, there was about three outfits that do that and, and just, just some other things, um, IT solutions, economic development things, other stuff that we'll, we'll get to admin to. They, they can flip through or say thank you for the bag of stuff and keep the pens and ditch the rest of it, whatever works for them. I, I, this is outside of a council thing, but the most interesting booth uh, is an outfit that um, does uh, hydrogen generation. Uh, not to totally power a machine with hydrogen, but to supplement uh, a diesel engine with uh, with a small amount of hydrogen, so about an eight to $15,000 unit that's mounted on board um, to, uh, yeah, provide about, like I said, 10 to 15% of the energy, burns cleaner and more, um, more completely uh, in the unit, ROI of about six months or so uh, on generators, um, uh, trucks, and that kind of thing. They're, they're fairly new. And anyways, I was like the coolest as a science teacher. I was just drooling all over the place there. So I, I thought it was really excellent. Just And, and the units are like this big. And, and they, they can just stick it right on the machine there. So I, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, there was a, obviously a speech from the Minister of Municipal Affairs, who has been Rick McIver for the last long while. Uh, he got himself a standing ovation. I guess he's doing a fairly good job. And uh, maybe given the changes coming for the current governing party, who knows, we may be dealing with a new minister in that. And um, the infrastructure guy is kind of new, so I'm not sure if that would change or not, but he's the other one that we would probably want to liaise with before too long regarding our, our wastewater treatment situation. So those are some things that probably have an impact on us we should keep abreast of. Thank you. Councilor Good? I'll talk about two, two areas that interest me. The first one was um, we went to a, a, a presentation on viability, which, to be honest with you, didn't really have a lot to do with towns our size, but was actually very informative of understanding some of the challenges faced by even our even the smallest communities, like summer villages and the villages in Alberta, and gave us an uh, I'll speak for myself, gave me a, a, an increased, pers a better perspective on the challenges that they're facing in their survival and, and maintaining their communities. It really wasn't viability information that would be applicable to the town, but it's certainly always good to get a better understanding of how other people face challenges. The, the, the part that probably affected me the most was our, our meeting with the RCMP, which I won't go into detail about to a great deal except to say that the, the focus that they were giving, Mark, we, I wish you were there, I'll be very honest with you, the, the focus that is being placed on, on mental health and addressing mental health issues and what I perceive to be a genuine awareness and a genuine caring of the people in that room to be doing something about the issue and not just paying it lip service. Um, they were giving, I believe, as much detail as they could possibly give, and they were very forthright in their answers. So, but it was um, actually a very, very, to my mind, a very, very good meeting we had with them. They have, their, of course, their own challenges, but 
I think they're certainly not ignoring the issues and they understand how a lot of things negatively impact their ability to quote do the right thing. I mean that's my term, but so I'll, I'll you know I'll leave it at that. But it was nice to they were they were listening and uh, I took them at their word. They were caring about the issues. Thank you. Uh, Councillors, any questions of us? Councillor Boychuk? Um, this uh, hydrogen, did, did they have, is there a possibility for us to run that on some of our equipment here the same way through the year? It would be kind of interesting for us um, just in terms of which which of our machinery is, like, we're not running generators a long time. We have them, but it's like it's, so, so it, it would seem the most effective use of these would be for equipment that's running for a long time. And given that yeah. our town's long for a town, but if you were running trucks all over your, you know, county that was a hundred kilometers plus long, you'd probably see that return on investment a little sooner. But um, it's not that there's not a possibility that would be something for uh, infrastructure coordinator. I go over there to, to kind of crunch the numbers on but I've, I've got the it's sitting at home didn't quite make it with me today so the little gizmo produced the heart like maybe yeah so it's it's got a tank of water on it it generates a small electric charge to split the water into its hydrogen and oxygen and then inject that into the uh, yeah I didn't I'm assuming it went into the air system because it would be a gas which would make sense um, so anyway yeah Pretty neat little thing. Okay, Councillor Bid. Just one more thing that's father kind of interests me, knowing nothing about it to start off with, was a uh, product for lining pipes that uses um, basically two different um, methods of epoxy, a very fast setting epoxy and another one slower, and using that to line pipes can sometimes saving you the, the cost of, rebuild, of, re, of replacing the pipe and it can be done uh, their numbers reasonably um, quickly so we'll be passing that information on also it was just really interesting to see the demonstrations and samples and that, that was one of the ones that kind of caught my eye it's not like we don't have enough pipe in the town we have lots and if it, if it can't be used so be it but if it can be used it could be something very good Good. Okay. Would someone care to move the council accept the verbal reports regarding the Alberta Municipalities 2022 conference for information? I will. It was a great report. <laughs> Deputy Mayor. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Thank you. It is carried. Okay. Onwards to information items. And Mrs. Bell is going to tell us a lot about Peace Tours Association, which seems to be doing lots of things. Thank you, Your Worship. Yes, Money Peace Tourism is really uh, proving to be pretty cutting edge when it comes to a lot of their marketing that they're doing uh, on behalf of their municipal um, partners. They're doing some really great work. Um, attached for Council's information is uh, their board meeting minutes from May and the draft set from August. I've also included the executive director report because it was actually um, 
in the newsletter link if any members of council were receiving the Mighty Peace Tourism link. And the executive director report really illustrates tremendous amount of work that the Mighty Peace Tourism uh, Association is doing. And then also a little note on added services that they are providing to municipalities. The services need to be focused on tourism, so we can't quite utilize them for activities outside of that tourism realm. Um, but previously, uh, they weren't offering these sort of added services menu, but they are now, and they're worth every, every penny. Um, a number of the photos, the bottom photo is actually in that added services menu as one of our campaigns that we did with Mighty Peace and Snow Seekers. So uh, utilizing some great work there, and we'll be tapping into their creativity more and more. I noticed that on one of the reports it says um, they've moved from six regions in Alberta to 13 kind of tourist regions. Which one are we? We are, Mighty Peace Tourism straddles about three of them, oh. just to make their world slightly more complicated. Um, we end up straddling the uh, part of Wildlands, part of Wood Buffalo, and there was one other one. There's Northern Rockies. I think it was the Northern Rockies one also. Yeah. West Country, you said? North. I, I believe it's just Northern Rock, Rockies, uh, Woodland, uh, Wood Buffalo, sorry, and I believe Wildlands. If there was a map that we looked at during the meeting, and Mighty Peace literally was overlapping three or four. So they'll have three or four tourism uh, travel Alberta representatives for but nice. to one. But that's okay. Can you imagine being surrounded by three regional neighbors? Right. They, they've increased their membership on their board also and expanding their services further afield, which is, again, a testament to the good work that they're doing. So I noticed some uh, um, kind of local businesses have uh, yes. joined, which is kind of nice. And Grimshaw Chamber of Commerce also, I noticed. Yes, they did. Yeah. They're doing some special focus. Um, so you have an opportunity to purchase um, sort of a special event membership, and they'll do a highlight. They did this for the jet boat races, um, as an example. Um, on a slightly less pleasant note, but though I believe there's return on our investment, there is a small increase with that we've, uh, I've already placed it in the 2023 budget, a 3% increase is what we're looking at at our membership fee. But again, um, if you look at some of their statistics, uh, it's pretty impressive the number of hits they're getting to their website. The analytics are excellent, yeah. I just have to add here, I agree with you, uh, in terms of CAO Bell, I couldn't agree with you more. They're doing an awesome job. Absolutely awesome. Good. Any uh, further questions on this topic? Okay, our next item is the um, Peace River Aboriginal Interagency Committee um, minutes. It's the minutes from the June 21 um, meeting. And basically, much concerned about powwow there. Sisters and Spirit Walk is upcoming, and um, a little bit about Cultural Days, which happened this past weekend. And as I understand, uh, Cultural Days, they did it on Saturday, 
and then we're going to do Saturday and Sunday, but the second day is now kind of uh, September 30th with National Indigenous Day, I believe. That was that one. Anybody have any questions on that one? Speaking of the day, are we, did we, did I miss something? Did we do an attendance thing for that um, on Friday? Well, I don't think we have yet. Or did we do it last week? We should perhaps. Unfortunately, I'm drawing a blank if we had. Um, if we make another motion and we already have. That's better than nothing. Enough. That's correct, yeah. Can I do that? Is anyone upset if I just? Carry on. Okay, um, move that council being able to attend uh, the events on Friday for the Truth and Reconciliation Day. Okay, and um, please note that uh, some of those events, there's a uh, poster further along, um, will start at nine o'clock at with a piece with a pipe ceremony at the um, site of the uh, the mission. The mission. So down at the correctional center, and then various events starting around uh, four p.m. Meet at the museum. Four thirty. Um, have walked over to the park. There's a plan to have various workshops there as well as some as some speakers and some student banning. Can I amend the motion to include? Because they've got other events in here, including another yeah. blanket exercise for those that missed, um, a screening of a yeah. documentary, and then the Sisters in Spirit walk. So I, I think that we, let's, let's enable all of these events. Okay, so the motion reads that council be enabled to attend um, the events on the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which is September 30th, October 4th, Sisters in Spirit Walk, and... There's a blanket exercise on the 28th. The blanket exercise on the 28th at the museum in the afternoon. And there's a film screening on the 29th. And what that included as well. Yeah, yeah well, it's... And the film screening on the 29th which is called Holy Angels and is at the library starting at 6.30 p.m. Any questions on that motion? All those in favor? Aye. It is carried. Okay, thank you. I kind of lost track as to where I am now. Um, that was almost... Uh, You're at item four now. Yeah, we did number three then. Okay, so item four is the library board minutes, and really it's the May 28th minutes. And um, things are going along. This fall, um, the um, director will start to visit various municipalities again. We had a meeting, uh, I think last weekend it was, and chances are that, um, first of all, the library board will be discussing whether um, fees to municipalities need to increase. Part of the, the difficulty is that um, library grants from the provincial government are based on 2016 population figures, not on more updated ones. So there's been uh, more population increase in most areas than a population decrease. So that really has affected um, the budget. You have more population, more services, etc., and 
enough funding for the grants. So when the ministers were speaking on this at the um, conference, they said, oh no, library funding has stayed flat, but as population goes up and as inflation takes bites out of what your money can actually accomplish, that was not the world's most forthright answer. Yeah, you move backward if there's inflation sometimes. Anyways, well, look, everything else took a cut, so there is that too, but. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, have we gone, okay, we had in additional information items here, the Rotary Club Friends of the Ukraine, and um, this item uh, is a welcome dish at dinner for supporting Ukrainian ref ref refugees in our area, and I understand there's maybe about 40 of them which is quite significant, actually. Anyways, this is a um, supper at uh, 6 p.m., Weberville Hall, October 22nd. Um, silent auction to raise other um, uh, monies, as well as the Musica dancers and the Kraken Four. Broken Four? Broken Four are going to be there. So, um, to me, this would be an event that um, council showing support of um, people within our communities um, might um, benefit from, put it that way. So, someone cares to make a motion to this one? Uh, I'll make a motion. We purchase a table with eight and fill it with council and staff as can be determined their availability. So, Okay, so the motion is to enable council or admin to purchase a table of eight for uh, council and admin to fill up and support the uh, Ukrainian refugees. Okay, um, all those in favor of that motion? All right, it is carried. Okay, next item we have a um, letter from um, myself as chair of the Peace Regional Healthcare Attention and Ret Retention and Attraction <coughs> Committee, inviting uh, two members of council, uh, the Healthcare <coughs> Committee representative, one other council member, to attend the Rhapsody Awards celebration, which is happening on October 28th at 6 p.m. at the Chateau Nova. And the purpose of this is to uh, celebrate the um, uh, Rhapsody Physician Award of 2022, which is Dr. Karen Lungard. And uh, thank her and also thank other healthcare um, uh, workers for their efforts on our behalf. So. Karen some, puts up with me. Would someone care to uh, put forth a motion to uh, enable um, well, the rep and another council member, if they choose, well, to attend. We can also buy extra tickets for $50 a ticket on a cost recovery basis. Who might go? I'm going. Well, I have duties there. <laughs> Shelly, are you, or Councillor Shannon, are you able to go? I'm actually thinking about it. I'm just looking at where my um, schedule will be right then. I should know in a couple of days here, actually. But I would need very much. It's a personal there to me. I would like to go. Okay. Um, would anyone further? 
Would you vote? Oh, no, I'll take the motion. I'll take the motion to enable. Okay, so maybe the motion could read to, to enable the um, mayor and uh, Shelley will word it as one other uh, counselor to attend, thinking it's yourself. And if not, then we are will ask someone else to attend. Okay, that sounds perfect. Yeah, that's okay, yeah. Mr. Gordon. So moved. Okay, thank you. All those in favor of the motion? Thank you very Aye. much. Thank you. Okay, uh, do we have any notices of motion? None your worship. None your worship. Okay. Um, okay, uh, comments from the public? That would be me. Okay, we have Mr. Sissons here for uh, comments, short comments. I'll try to make them brief, but as long as they're germane, I'll do my best. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Hello, Shannon. I hope you're doing well. This is in regards to what was brought up tonight about the ski hill and the missing of the inspection for the chairlift. I happen to have been doing some research on behalf of some of the members of the Peak, uh, Ski Hill Operating Organization uh, in conjunction with Jill Cairns, so I know something about it. The date we missed was, or should have been, on May 24th at 8.30 a.m. And the fellow who would have been involved uh, with the inspection would have been a fellow called John Gibson, who works in conjunction with a facility called uh, the Nighthawk facility. And the engineer from the province would have been a guy called Scott, I didn't get his last name, or uh, another fellow called Rob Eglinton. Now, this stuff apparently has to, these two gentlemen are to do with the province and their engineering uh, to do with these type of um, apparatus that sort of thing and it's in conjunction with this acronym that uh, somebody else will have to look up it's called the AEDARSA and it has to meet those uh, requirements now I remember from my notes that uh, Mr. Gibson said that the last time they inspected the, the chairlift and associated equipment and the cable it was in, in uh, pretty stalwart like really good condition now this is a sort of a side fact about it but actually you treat it like a boat because you can't put real grease or oil on it and what you think that would keep the rust out of it and preserve it because then when the cable goes around the roundy round things and drive it that would cr create not enough grip and if you get too many people on the chairlift it might cause it to slip so what they actually do is you have to ensure that what's called a sacrificial anode are there at different places on the towers and at each end and because they're like the same principle as a boat instead of the cable rusting and that associated equipment it will steal the metal it needs because as you know Neil Young says rust never sleeps it steals the the sacrificial metal from the sacrificial anode to preserve the cable so we need to ensure that the sacrificial anodes are in good shape and the other product that Mr. Gibson said they like to use is believe it or not a, um, a sort of a, a substance that you put judiciously on the cable called Vitalift 500 believe it or not so um, he worked in conjunction 
and did it on his own with this AEDARSA <coughs> for approximately two years. So uh, if there's any interest, because I would like to see the lights at that ski hill uh, stay on. It brings people to town, they spend money here, and it's an important recreational uh, facility that a good percentage of, of people here enjoy. And I've watched the lights be on over there for, oh, ever since the ski hill's been there. And I live across the river. so. I don't want to see them go off anytime soon, and I think it's important. And we've been struggling with the weather lately, and, and the snowmaking equipment is another issue. And maybe at some point, this, uh, they're going to come and present a, a, a report to you, as because it's a kind of an important piece of town infrastructure for our tourist industry, and uh, you know, a feature that a lot of other places don't have. So I could endeavor to see if. Mr. Gibson um, will be kind enough to maybe beg, borrow, steal, and plead and see if there's another window to have uh, this inspection performed uh, on the chairlift because I'm not sure if it goes past a certain point and it hasn't been inspected that you may find out that, uh oh, well, because it's past its certification date, now you're not allowed to run it. And that is an integral enough part of that ski hill that that would be a tremendous disaster. So, because I was already sort of involved in doing research for uh, Jill Cairns, I could endeavor to see if maybe we could uh, talk, but the complicated part might be uh, the provincial uh, uh, fellow and what his schedule would be. But if there's any interest, I would endeavor to uh, do that as a participant uh, and lover of this town, just like all of council. What do you think? Um, well, it, it's on a regular schedule, as you mentioned, and um, I'm thinking that admin would look into it, but there's, I don't know, I can't say yes or no. Yeah. If I could clarify, Your Worship, the yes, note please. in the variance report was not about an inspection. There's a maintenance process that happens annually on the chairlift and the ski hill staff organize and set that up with a certified individual who does the maintenance. So the main, there's an annual maintenance program. It includes uh, NDT of the chairs, the chair grips. There's an entire process. Um, so there's a window of time that that needs to be completed prior to the general operations of the chairlift. It doesn't negate the ability of the ski hill to operate the T-bars. Uh, they're separate systems. So it was the chairlift maintenance, not the inspection process. And we set that up with the DARSA, the Alberta Elevating um, Devices. DRS, that's yeah, what that a, means? A DARSA, yeah. Okay. So though we appreciate your, your input. input. Interference. Um, there, there's the, the board ultimately is responsible for setting up that maintenance process. And do you know, uh, have any more information in regards to who exactly would be uh, pr perform that, that function of the maintenance? It's a company that's been hired in the past. Okay, and we're not, we're, are we, so are we have any information on the, uh, 
if that company is still going to be hired again or it's, it's up to the ski hill board to initiate that contract in coordination with myself okay. and can i ask how often that the ski hill board is expected to report what is or isn't going on in conjunction with the town's facility the the the, the equipment that we the town actually owns over there to make sure that we're having good oversight on that when they have an operating board we have meeting regular interactions with them but that doesn't answer my question so it is it's the board basically the society board that would be um, in control I guess of the information to the town well they were actually scheduled to have new board members this summer Good. and I was possibly going to be one of them yep. but they didn't have enough people show up mm -hmm. so they could actually make make a quorum yeah. so they had to postpone it and i don't even know whether they were organized enough to get that done yet and it made me double think whether i wanted to get involved because that would aggravate me so bad if they're that badly disorganized if i could stand to put up with that because of my nature so i told jill that i was probably going to bow out because yeah. i was going to get myself so, onto that board and help yeah. look after the ski hill show up with my people and jap them at the meeting and get myself elected because i'm clever well, enough to do so um, it, it it's like uh, so other it's, boards, it's, it's it takes, not it's not yeah. good right now mm -hmm. and that's why i'm asking council to ask perhaps when the ski hill when that process of the new members and the election is actually going to happen so, and when the new so board is, is in place because we're getting close yeah. to the fall and it means yeah. it so falls Ted, through the cracks yeah so ted it, it's basically not under town control it's that a group of people don't they have to answer to, to the, don't they have to answer to, to you yeah. guys not, not not in that direct way how does well uh, without taking up too much more of council's time is there somebody that i could talk to in town staff that ex could explain the nuances yep. of how that actually works so i could step in there and try and do some good and make sure it's not so late that they don't blow it for this season because if that gets in trouble it's not good for any of us and i'm sure council doesn't want to see that happen either and if you don't have any oversight technically how do we go about ensuring that it proceeds forward in a positive progressive fashion yeah. for everybody's benefit so i think we all realize its importance to the community however it is a society controlled um, operation sort of thing so, so we don't really we can't tell the society what to do no so that's part of we can the way watch we can watch so maybe you you can convince a few more people to actually get an agm and uh I'm sorry, AGM. Um, annual general meeting, so you can get elected and carry uh, on. I don't know. And if you don't want that, um, I think Miss Mrs. Bell uh, would have someone that you could uh, contact at the town to communicate on the how the society and the town work together. Right, because if that falls apart, and that's town equipment. I know it's a gray area, but then that would fall back onto the auspices, the auspices of the town and. You know, you guys have got already so much already on your plate. I'd like to see you not burdened with some more stuff because somebody else was asleep at the wheel. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
it's all sorts of things that go into um, nonprofit societies uh, organization. And yeah, it started the Underground and Music Society. My dad had Alberta Croquet. Yeah. I'm really fairly familiar. So it's, actually. it takes people who are committed and who have time and etc. So that was a ski hill. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry I took longer than you guys might have let wanted, but I'm just trying to help. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, so, Lou, should I, should I come in? Yeah. Should we set up an appointment? So maybe you could do that uh, okay. with a phone call, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure that for the short season that we have, that we're ready to rock and roll and that it goes well. We can't afford to see that fail. Well, hopefully not, and uh, some snow will be helpful. So thank you again, uh, Mr. Sissons. Try to do my little bit. I represent 20%, even though I didn't get elected. Well, everybody needs to represent 20 now. I think. Anyways, um, so key communication items. Um, Ms. Bouchard, do you have uh, some? Yes, thank you, Your Worship. Um, so, key communication items for this evening would be the ATCO Electric Franchise Fee. Uh, the appointments of uh, Ms. Lavoie and uh, Ms. Willocks to the uh, library board and the attendance to the Region 6 Métis Nation of Alberta AGM uh, as well as putting up on the website the uh, Day for Truth and Reconciliation events that are happening this week and any other suggestions that council may have. Well, um, I, I think one, and I don't know how this would fit, but um, Mr. Websdale, I understand, is uh, leaving us uh, maybe kind of before the next meeting sort of thing. So, so we would like to uh, thank you for your uh, work and service in the town of Peace River, and especially in looking into um, uh, how to change some processes so they're more effective and um, uh, help staff with learning things like software and all, all that good stuff. So really like to thank you. I'm sorry to see that you're leaving, but uh, good luck on your next endeavors. And I'm thinking that uh, hopefully, well, I'm saying hopefully we might still see you back on occasion to um, help the cause. But uh, good luck in your move and uh, the next phase of life. So we ask where you're going? Spruce Grove. Pardon me? Spruce Grove. It's nice. <laughs> thank you, Your Worship. Well, thank you. Um, A round of applause is in order. <laughs> so thank you again, and uh, hopefully no 20-hour days before you leave. <laughs> 24 hours. Oh, 24. Well, give a few off. Maybe this. Maybe that will happen. So thanks again, and good luck, and uh, do stop in in the future and uh, check out what's happening with the town once in a while. Thank you. Okay, so now I suggest we take a, uh, how many, ten, five minute meeting? Seven and a half minutes. Okay, so 6.45, we're going to be back here, and we'll go into closed session at that point.